Hello, and thank you for listening to another Minutes with Maurice podcast. Today's podcast is a continuation of the interviews of Maurice, the man behind the Minutes with Maurice podcasts. The interview is again conducted by my daughter, award-winning and author, Michelle Weidenbenner. Yeah, it used to be St. Germain, too. (laughs) That was a close one. I almost... he almost slipped, but that's okay. It, it almost came out as St. Weidenbenner. Oh, boy. Well, I've been called worse, right? Oh, so, I hope. How are you doing today, Pops? Oh, okay. Just kind of dragging today, but it's a good day. Yeah, he was telling me how he just didn't sleep really well last night. So that happens to everybody, right? Yeah. So tell me, um, I'm just with all the war going on with Russia and Ukraine, and you hear things and watch things on TV, does it bring back memories of the war when you were a boy? No, not at all, only because during the World War, Second World War, we were always on alert at the possibility of German bombers flying over and bombing Detroit because it was an industrial complex. Grandpa, my dad, uh, was one of those that would walk the streets at night as a, uh, I forgot what they called him, but he was like a guard watching for uh, airplanes and lights. Did he have like some kind of walkie-talkie connection? No, no, no. It was just, I guess he was just going... (laughs) <laughs> who, would, who, who would he notify if he saw something? Well, I, I'm not really sure. He was a warden. That's what he was. A, a warden. warden. Okay. And, um, of course, he never saw anything. And so uh, I don't know how he would have reported it, but we did have a phone. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he had call-in numbers. But when you're a child, you don't think about that kind of stuff. Cause no. You don't want to worry about that. Yeah. No, well, I mean, we were worried about the possibility. We had to keep our shades down, minimum lights in the house, so no light would show from on the outside. Oh, wow. In case a bomber came over, all cars driving at night had to only use their parking lights. They couldn't use their their regular lights, simply because we were always under the threat of a bombing during the height of the World War. Oh, my gosh. Do you, did you have like drills or practice? Oh, probably, oh yeah, really? sirens. Sirens. So, what yeah. was that like? Tell me. Tell me well, about that. Well, we just had to take shelter. You know, take shelter. So yeah, where go did down you the go? basement oh. or whatever? But yeah. were, were, do you remember being very anxious about no, that? No, not anxious at all. But wow. I mean, I was counting on mom and dad. You just never. What about your sister? Do you think she was anxious? Oh, I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, it, it 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 was just something that we had to live with, and we never, I never really believed it would ever happen. Okay, yeah. So it was kind of like a tornado drill. When the kids are in school, they practice these tornado drills, yeah, and right. you just practice them, and you don't, you almost know that it's just a drill; it's not going to happen. So you're, it's not like you're nervous right. about it. So, but it sounds like you are kind of kid who wasn't really anxious about a whole lot of anything. No, I don't recall being hyper about anything. I mean, 
Uh, no, I was hyper about maybe getting a two-wheel bike, <laughs> and then painting roller, it silver, <laughs> and then roller skating. Now, the best bike I ever got was for a Christmas present, and it was a Montgomery Montgomery Ward bike, and it had two headlights on it. It was spectacular. Oh my gosh, two headlights! Where'd they fit? Well, around the you know, the fork of the bike, the oh. front. I mean, they were just like two flashlights. Along oh, the... they weren't big round oh, headlights. Oh my gosh, yeah. no. Little no. ones, okay. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, and then with some of my savings, I bought a, a generator and put it on my bike and wired it into the headlights so that uh, while I was riding around at night, I would have two headlights from the generator, oh little gosh. tiny generator that you could... Oh, wow. How Did your dad teach you how to do that? Like No, I, I don't think so. I, think, I wouldn't know how to do that. Well, <laughs> it was pretty simple. <laughs> okay, well, if you say so. It sounds really complicated, <laughs> no. but I guess not. No. So, earlier in our discussion, we um, kind of left off with you being um, out of high school and you're at the drafting board in your new job apprenticeship at, with Ford. Right. Is that where we kind of sort of left it? Well, I think it was. Uh, I told you how if um, a uh, trainee, as I was, uh, did well in the four years, he was allowed or graduated or promoted or whatever we would call it, into another additional two years of body surface design. And so, and, and so I ended up with six years of Ford Motor training, which explains why I never thought about going to college, because the normal, and I think we covered this in the previous Yeah, so uh, you were saying how you interview. didn't, you didn't go to um, college right away because you got on the job training. Right. So, right. And then all of a sudden, the veterans were coming out of college with a yeah. college degree. So, And you had competition. Oh, heck, a lot of competition. So you went back to night school, I remember. Yeah, I went so, to back to night school. I matriculated for six years. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, my classes would start at 6 and end at 11. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and mom, I, I used to race home from work. Mom would have dinner on a table with you kids around, and I would have dinner, pick up my briefcase full of my books, and go to school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh my gosh. And so trying to do my homework in between and. Six <laughs> I, kids. Oh my gosh, and, and mom, all that. Well, no, I had, we had four kids when I started. Okay. <laughs> but six when four. I oh graduated. Gosh. My poor mother. And then, yeah, I, uh, it was it was difficult to find a private time to do homework, and I'd go upstairs in the bedroom because I had a desk up there, and uh, in, often, mom would come in and see how I was doing, and my head was on the desk, sound asleep. Oh my gosh. She'd say, You're supposed to be studying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. I mean, and do you remember it being really hard on your oh. job to stay focused? Because. No, not on a job. No, but just after. But every lunch hour, I would do homework. Okay. Where the other guys might play chess, reading, 
but oh, I would be doing homework. Man. And then uh, one period there, I decided we were still in Lincoln Park. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, I went out and got a, a real estate license. And so I hooked up with a local real estate builder and I would sit in his model uh, and do homework. Oh, and wow. So, so I, you would, okay, you were sitting in the open house just to be there, a body there, in case somebody wanted to see right. it. And if I sold the house, I got 50 bucks. Oh, my gosh. And I think but, I sold two or three. But, wow. But I was a real estate agent so doing did, homework. So did you did you have to become like a... Like, go through all the testing like you do no, now? No, not then. Oh, not no. then. Okay. Back then, it was just you needed a sponsor. And oh. the sponsor was a realtor. Okay. And so... And wow. It was easy. So what what was your most difficult course that you took? Oh, uh, well... Do you remember? Yeah. I. It seemed to me that it was calculus and uh, it, it might have been chemistry. I'm not sure. I, yeah. But my very first term in school, I ended up with a, uh, a, 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 an accumulative, I think it was a D or a C minus. Oh, wow. And the dean called me in and he said, I think you have to start over and take some remedial classes before you oh, continue. Boy. And so I begged and promised that I would get my grade up. And, uh, and he said, okay, I'll give you one more term. Oh, wow. And he said, if, you, if you're not at the C level, you will have to take some remedial classes or whatever. Sure, yeah. And uh, I got it up. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so, you kind of and when I graduated, I had a C plus. Hey, who cares, <laughs> right, with everything you had going on. Now everybody knows because you just told everybody, but if you hadn't told everybody, they would never know, they right? They might have thought I was a scholar. There you go. There you go. Well, maybe given a different day uh, or time. But you know of, what? It doesn't make a no, bit of difference now. No, it doesn't. It sure doesn't. So did you, so you graduate, but did you have to take engineering courses? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, oh. My, yeah. I mean, it was an engineering degree, and... In that it was at the engineering college, and it's a bachelor of science. So, uh, you okay, hi, huh? Okay, so it says bachelor of science in engineering. Oh no, it? no, it's a bachelor of science in industrial management. Okay, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, but your concentration was in engineering or something. Right. Yeah. Okay, I remember as a kid saying, my dad is a sales engineer. And I used to think that... Well, that was post Ford Motor. Okay, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I always thought your degree was in something to do with sales and engineering. And looking back at that now, like, I just want you to know, like, when I was this kid, I just thought that was the equivalent of a doctor. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, my dad is a sales engineer. Like, he has the bomb of a job, and he is so smart. And it's because, it's because, Mom, she always 
put you up in this pedestal and she made she let us see you through her eyes. Yeah, and she was always my biggest and, fan. And her eyes were like always glowing about you. You know, I mean, it just um because well, we if you think pro- about well, I hardly saw you though. Like think about it. Growing up for 6 years you were in college in yeah. the evenings like I didn't see you much. Well, we went to church every Sunday. Well, until sixth grade. Yeah. And, then, and that was it. Yeah. Well, what happened is every Sunday, it, we had to get the children ready for church. And as you kids grew up and began to resist going to church, we ended up, mom and dad, ended up forcing you to be clean and ready and in the car and go to church. And by the time we got to church, we were in such a foul mood, it was silly to go to church because we were mad at everybody. <laughs> it's like, forget it. Why? So, what is so this? So then we started, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, yeah. it just, we started saying, well, we won't go this week, but we'll go next week. Yeah, right. And so we just kind of, okay. we became fallen away Catholics. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah, it was too much work. And probably, I mean, I'm thinking of your life for those six years where you're in school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, doing homework. Sundays were probably your day to regroup and, you know, do stuff around the house because mom probably had a list, a honey-do list. Well, yeah, but she, yeah, if it was a repair, obviously, cutting the lawn. uh, Right. Yeah, she didn't cut the lawn. No. So, no, we we managed. Yeah. Okay, so back to your job. So how long, so you graduate from Lawrence Institute of Technology. Is that the school, is that what it's It's called today? It's no longer that. What is it called? Lawrence University now. Oh, my gosh, it's a university. They just have tripled or quadrupled the the, uh, campus. It's just an an amazing engineering school in Southfield, Michigan now. Southfield, Michigan. So do they, I wonder if they have a biomedical engineering... Don't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was mostly always automotive, more related. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Ford uh, was a big supporter. GM was a big supporter. But at that time, GM had its own university up in northern Michigan. And so if if you went to that engineering university, you were guaranteed a job at General Motors in engineering. Oh, and, uh, wow. But since then, it's become a private college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not the same. So, okay. So you're at school um, six years. You're, you come back, and do they say, well done, Maurice. Here's a raise? No. No, I, I was determined I was going to get off the board. And keep in mind now, then, there's a whole bunch of engineers around. So I ended up befriending, as much as you could, the manager of the electrical engineering department to where I felt comfortable going into his office and talking to him. Okay. And so I would be in his office every two or three, once every two or three weeks, I'd leave my drafting board and go yeah. talk to him. And, you know, Dave, do you need anybody? So I finally wore him down. And he had me transferred into his department as 
a design, uh, you know, product design engineer. Okay. Responsible for lighting on one some. Well, it turned out it was truck lighting, primarily, and then the Mustang. Okay. Um, so, that. Huh. No, I, I didn't sit around on the board and wait for somebody to see me. Okay. I. You went, went out. Yeah. And I sought the opportunity. I campaigned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to make your own luck. That's right. Nothing, yeah, you didn't wait for somebody to notice. Good for you. So, how long then were you in that position? Well, I think it was probably a couple years. And then one of the vendors talked me into leaving Ford and selling uh -huh. uh, fasteners. And so, now, at this point, I thought that was going to be great. Turned out to be a very bad, bad move because what I didn't know was the culture of this particular company, sales engineers, were make a few calls and then go to the bar. Oh, gosh. And then play pool. Oh, gosh. And so, and, and they wanted me to get involved in that. And I said, no, you know, I'm going home. I, I, I'm not a bar man and I, I'm not going to play pool. So I was out of it in, in that uh -oh. respect. You weren't the good old boy. So now, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now what happens is when I'm in engineering for truck lighting, there was an elderly man repping the company R.E. Dietz out of Syracuse, New York. Okay. He took me to lunch. And he said, we have always watched you. We were afraid that if we hired you away, we would make the, oh, the people the, mad. Right. But you're no longer there. We'd like you to join our company. Oh. So and you, that's what happened. I, I went okay. into R.E.D.'s lighting. Okay. Is that when you had like this? The, the, the Dietz mobile. Okay. So you have to describe this mobile to your listeners. Well, it was a, sh a sales tool, um, and REDs was a national company with uh, aftermarket you know, businesses and original equipment. I was the original equipment man. And so this was a sales tool. It was a big van equipped with every product, that the R lighting product that the REDs company would make including sirens and overhead, uh, like police yeah. Uh, yeah. flashing lights. And so I had a week of it where I drove it around to show the Fords and the GMs and the okay. Dodges our truck li our line of lights. And that's when you kids really got a thrill out of it. So, yeah, you guys, I mean, he's describing this, but... There isn't the thrill and the joy behind it that we had as kids. So if you can imagine, it's this like van with these windows that you could see all the way inside. And inside the van were all these different kinds and colors of lights. Some would spin, some would flash, some were red, some were yellow. And then there were the sirens. And so we would get in this van and dad would drive it down the street and it was like some kind of fun mobile, right? Like people didn't yeah. get it. But I mean, we didn't get it. We just thought it was so cool because it was different, right? Now, looking back, I think, okay, I don't know that my husband, if he had to take that show van 
would have got the kids in the car and done that. Like, he would have been so embarrassed to do that. But you didn't care. <laughs> no, you kids loved it. Oh, my gosh. We have such good memories of that Dietzmobile. Yeah. But um, we just thought there were Dietzmobiles everywhere and that we were, you no, know, blessed was, to have that. But no. It was no, one of a kind. It was one of a kind. I mean, so we look back on that now and we're like, oh, my gosh, that was hilarious. So, well, hey, I, th I hope that you've enjoyed some of this... Uh, this uh, conversation with well, Pops here. I always here. enjoy visiting with you and particularly yeah. <laughs> having you as my interviewer. Yes. You know, so, this is a, to me, it's an, a lifetime opportunity. Well, I feel the same way. I'm really enjoying it and um, I'm learning things about you, about history and just your opinions on things. And I'm hoping that your listeners are enjoying it as well. So yeah. are there any final words for today? No, just uh, keep listening, folks, because somewhere in there, there's some kind of a diamond that maybe you folks would say, oh, that's oh. really interesting. Hopefully <laughs> that'll happen more than once. Yeah. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed the preceding unrehearsed podcast. Be sure to check on follow to listen to next week's interview. Until then, I am Maurice St. Germain.